0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's show is brought to you by Hearst Ranch Grass-Fed Beef, available on the internet at hearstranch.com. What food
1: is a staple in the diet of more than 500 million people worldwide? We'll find out and more on A Taste of the Past. Hi, you are listening to A Taste of the Past here on HeritageRadioNetwork.com, and I'm Linda Palaccio, your host. So I asked the question what staple what food is a staple in the diet of more than 500 million people worldwide big hint it's not rice well this one we're talking about certainly is not it's manioc manioc also known as cassava and yucca and it's a a food that is indigenous to uh, the Amazon region, actually. And here to talk about it today, we have three very interesting people. Two from Brazil, where Manioc is grown, and the third, a writer who's working with them. Um, first is Teresa Carcao. Teresa is a chef and owner of the well-known restaurant O Navigador in Rio de Janeiro. And she has been sort of leading the helm of of saving the manioc root as a heritage vegetable, and we're going to hear a lot more about that. And um, with her is Sarah Franklin. Sarah is a writer, traveler, and storyteller, and oral historian who um, is caught up in Teresa's search for the, uh, the root of the manioc root. And also with them is Margarita Neguera, and Margarita Nogueira is the founder of Slow Food Brazil, and as well as a co-founder with Teresa of Instituto Maniva, which we'll learn more about in educating the people of Brazil to better feed themselves. What more can I say? <laughs> Welcome to all of you uh, Teresa, my first question is tell us. Tell us a little, well, first of all, how did you get interested in manioc? Now, manioc is, we don't know, manioc is also tapioca, which many of us know, of course, tapioca, we may not be familiar with manioc itself, but certainly the cassava root we see in all of, many of our markets. Um, oh, I think the first time I saw it was a Jamaican fruit stand, and now you see it in, in just about every market in America. So it's the same as manioc, cassava, manioc, tapioca, yoka. Uh, Tell us about yes. this. Yes.
2: So, um, actually, it's a gluten-free staple food, and that's very important. Um, well, cassava is originated from Brazil, manioc, uh, and it has spread throughout the world. Now, uh, we have the fir- the first producer of the roots are Nigeria. Is Nigeria and Thailand is the first producer of the starch?
1: So they are the major. Oh, so Thailand produces. All right, talk about they. Nigeria grows grows. is the leading grower of the root. Yes, but Thailand is the leading producer of the flour of the starch. The starch of the starch. Okay, and uh,
2: the starch. uh, The starch is the, um, the what makes the tapioca pearls. So that's where in Singapore actually where the tapioca pearls. It started to be very fashionable in those drinks, the bubble tea drink. Yes, yeah. And but uh, so cassava and manioc was originated in in the Amazon between the Amazon and cerrado, which is another region of Brazil. Um, some people say about five thousand
1: years ago. Um, five thousand years BC is something that I had read. Even yes. longer, yeah, even yeah, five back. five thousand years BC. I, yeah, the history is so a seven, little fuzzy. Seven thousand yeah. BC, so,
2: right? And uh, yeah, and it's it's all, all around Brazil. Everyone eats uh, cassava products every day, but sometimes they don't know that that's a cassava product. And it also, it's very underestimated because it's like it's like poor people's food. Everyone think about it as a non-glamorous food or no gourmet food. So that's why we started this quest and this uh, mission. To to show the world that this product is really really a very important very delicious,
1: and very healthy one as yeah. well. Delicious, I can attest to because there was a uh, a presentation that Teresa gave the other evening, and I sampled some goodies. She made a, an incredible couscous yes. with the the manioc flour. Well, the actually the coarse flour. Yeah. Um, all right. A few a few interesting facts uh, about manioc to let our listeners know well what what is this if they've seen the cassava root they see well it's just this big tuber what do we do with it well the interesting thing is there are two types of manioc actually yes, right yes yes there is the bitter type or wild type that you you cannot
2: boil and eat like any other tuber you have to process it into subproducts like the meal farinha de mandioca mm-hmm. m- manioc meal and the starch and also tucupi, which is a very typical regional uh, broth they they make in the Amazon. Is that the region. same as the
1: fufu? Or no, 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 no. no. The fufu because that is was made different, starchier. Yeah, liquor.
2: the fufu is made with the brood. is an African uh, staple, like a polenta in Africa. Mm-hmm. And we don't have this in Brazil. Actually, it's very funny because some some the roots the Portuguese took the roots from Brazil to Africa, and some of the recipes developed there in Africa, but they didn't were originated from Brazil. So it's really... Uh, cassava went all over the world, and we don't know yet the, the, the all the recipes you
1: can find. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Sarah, you, just on a lark, decided to travel to Brazil several years ago, mm-hmm. and, and then you made several trips back. Uh, tell me about your encounter with Teresa and, and what interested you in her story and
0: sure. her work.
3: So I had a... I just had sort of a life-change moment early in my 20s and uh, had always wanted to go to Brazil. Um, And I had been working in sustainable agriculture farming and also doing advocacy work with small-scale farmers here in the U.S. And I bought a ticket for three months solo, and I had a month in Rio to start. And so I did my homework and was looking around for who was who in sustainable food in brazil
1: and you the, weren't just there for carnival not, not at not all for the i actually
3: <laughs> did I, I tried as best as i could to to escape carnival it's quite a scene <laughs> as these two can attest I'm to sure. but the the names of these two women kept coming up again and again and again in the context of slow food and sustainability and gastronomy and and, on, you know, I just followed my nose and wrote an email, and they invited me for lunch. And it actually wasn't until my second trip to Rio a year later that we got to meet. We just missed one another in that first trip. But I had fallen completely in love with Brazil on my first trip. Um, I was romping around working with farmers and chefs. And um, we sat down for lunch on my second trip to Brazil, and I just found this story fascinating. It was, you know, as a cook, as a farmer, I had encountered this route a bit, but I didn't really know what to do with it. And I certainly didn't understand the extent of how pervasive it is in world cuisine.
1: Indeed. Yeah.
3: And uh, about halfway through our conversation, I pretty meekly said to Teresa, have you thought about doing a book? <laughs> and she, <laughs> she said, yeah, I've thought about it. I'll do it eventually. And, you know, I got the idea planted in my head. And as Teresa will say, I'm, I was quite persistent. And, and I... <laughs> And I really wanted to come along on the quest for this story, partly because I think these two women are remarkable, but, you know, I'd be lying if I said I didn't want to learn along with them. It's just an incredible, um, there's so much cultural context and history around this route, and it's delicious.
1: Well, the book um, is not out yet, but you can look for it next year. Hopefully it'll be out, 2014, out next 2014, 2014. 2014. World Cat time. The working title at this time <laughs> is called uh, The Maniac Route, Navigating... The Roots of Brazilian Cuisine. Uh, and speaking of roots of Brazilian cuisine, Margarita, Margarita Neguero, um, as I mentioned earlier, was the founder of Slow Food Brazil. Uh, and Margarita, had you known Teresa for a long time? or
4: Yes. So you've we, been involved in the food world for a Yes, yes. I, I am a chef, too, but I don't have any more restaurants. And uh, when I discovered Slow Food by the Internet, I... I just fell in love with all the philosophy of the movement. And a year after, I took Teresa to the Slow Food Award in Oporto, Portugal. And she was amazed. She had already been thinking about the Brazilian staples. And when she went there and we came back, she decided to have Instituto Maniva. Inspired on slow food movement.
1: Well, Teresa, um, we were when we were talking about. Um, you said the maniac. You weren't aware. So many people aren't aware of of maniac, thinking it was a poor food, and there is good reason for that too, because it is very high in calories and very starchy. So a little of it goes a long way. It can feed a lot of people, right? Yeah. Uh, you were telling. Uh, there were some facts about. Yes, it's it's the
2: number one crop like uh 80% of what we eat today in Brazil uh, comes from the small farmers and that's their number one crop so it's quite huge uh but it's like i said before it's uh, underestimated like a, like a gourmet food so people think of it just like a a side uh thing and with no glamour at all and right that's that's what we want really to to bring the attention of the sustainability aspect of it, because of all these people that plant it, but
1: also the gastronomy part. Well, I was a little fact that I found in doing some research. It I found that the manioc plant, or the cassava root, is a plant whose starch-filled root produces more calories per acre of crop than any other food except sugarcane. And interestingly enough, sugarcane is a is another product of of the area, right? Yeah, For it wasn't Brazil.
2: originated in Brazil. Ah, uh, but not originally. Yeah. Yep. Th- it was brought by the Portuguese.
1: Well, so it so the manioc is not really uh, say popular or grown or known throughout the country? No, it's very popular.
2: Very popular. We actually we have this like uh, uh, potato like string potatoes made of yuca. Uh, and it all the time is not in our table, in our dinners. But it's not considered a high uh, quality or a high gourmet food. Mm -hmm. It's it's
3: not considered like a almost invisible in some way, you might say. Yes, I Ignore. always... Like it. potatoes, the yeah. food yeah.
1: that feeds the world, mm-hmm. it's always on the side dish, exactly. but it's yeah. never really the star of the show. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: actually, it's a very good example because potatoes, what's happening with potatoes is that Peru, the originated place, like Manioc was mm-hmm. origi- the, the origin of... the Brazil was the origin of Manioc. Per, uh, Peru people had brought all those M- many varieties, more than 2,000 varieties of potatoes. They are brought up by gastronomy. And today you can find in Lima, for instance, lots of uh, uh, octotonus varieties of, of potatoes. And maybe this could be an example how c- you can get a
1: staple that's underestimated and make
2: it a, a gourmet food, make right. it really...
1: Right. Well, a couple stories that you related that I would love to have you share with us. One is, well, when the, like, who discovered the manioc and how did it start getting cultivated? And you saw, told an interesting story about the Portuguese
2: Yeah, actually, uh, well, all the indigenous people from Brazil, from the Brazilian area, were the founders, the discover, because it was a wild variety that became domesticated by the indigenous people, and actually, is a very uh, the wild varieties is, is uh,
1: poisonous. So you have to take now out that that is really <laughs> okay. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a, a food that feeds over five hundred million people worldwide, and yet it is naturally a poisonous root.
2: Yes, it it is not poisonous. It has poisonous uh, things on it, which is uh, especially the leaves
3: mm-hmm.
2: and. Actually, there's a dish in the Amazon that you have to cook the leaves for eight days to, eight days. to wow. take away the poison. Well, uh, but the poison poisonous side of the, of the plant was really interesting because it, it took away all the, how do you say, the... Predators or
3: the pests or the, the pests. diseases. All the,
4: right. Yeah,
2: it was uh, like a sustainable, like a naturally protected plant. So they domesticate the ind- indigenous people. Domesticated that plant, and it became their staple food. Um, so
1: this is how it became. W- what was the second question, sir? Uh, well, it was. A, well, I was wondering about this, and the and the poison that's in this is the um, hydrocyan. Yeah, hydrocyanic cyan- acid. C-
2: acido cyanidicus. Cyan. Cyanide. Cyanide, cyanide
1: compound, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's cyanide, <laughs> hydrocyanic <laughs> acid. Okay. It's, it's the cyanide, uh, pre cyanide uh, thing, acid, okay, yeah. So, but they and then just by heating it or boiling it, it's, mm-hmm. it, it goes away, it goes away.
2: Actually, it goes away even if you cut like the leaves, if you cut it and leave it in, in the air, mm-hmm. it volatiles and it, it doesn't get poisonous anymore. Mm-hmm. That's how a very well known doctor in Brazil she created this powder highly nutritious for poor poor kids uh, made of manioc leaves very high on vitamin a and iron and calcium and just by cutting those leaves that they threw away they she, she created this powder to put like in a uh, in their food, mm-hmm. all over their food.
1: No waste. But
3: right. The, just just to be clear there so there's the bitter manioc, which yeah. indeed is has this poisonous outer coating. But then there's the sweet manioc, which, which is what you'll find in your markets, and that is not at all poisonous. Yes. Yes. Cassava, as we peeled. call cassava mm-hmm. root, right? Yeah, exactly. That can be peeled and either boiled or baked or fried and that's yeah. you would never find the poisonous manioc yeah. root in a market anywhere. Okay, you yes. will not find
1: the poisonous <laughs> root in the market. Do <laughs> the, not fear the cassava root is not poisonous. It's the sweet manioc that's and right. it's Good. It's okay. Yeah, and this is called yuca, not not right. yaca. Yuca.
2: Yuca with one c. With one c. Right. And you can like, uh, like uh, grate it, and fry it. grated, You can cook it like a, like a tuber, like a potato. You can make mashed potato from it, which is delicious.
1: Like French fries. French oh, fries, right. which is special. Yeah. And as I mentioned, you had made a. Um, it was a grated and dried flour. The called the farinha. Yeah, that and,
2: was a s- very special and difficult farinha to get because it's um, a farinha from the Amazon. And that was going that, that way to make farinha was going to be extinct. The packaging that you saw, uh, that's a very special and ancient ancestor type of thing. And in Instituto Maniva, we have this um, support from, from a bank and we could do this project for three years there. And now 21 Small communities can make this again, and we are selling the, this in São Paulo and Rio. So
1: now, this it is it is a coarse it, well, it's like a grain, like a couscous, mm-hmm. a grain, um, and and that is indeed the dish that Teresa made, and it was fluffy, it was just wonderful. And when she said the packaging, Sarah, m- maybe you could um, describe her listeners the special packaging of the. Uh, Yeah, so
3: this is um, something that had caught Teresa's eye at a a street fair, at a market, but um, the farinha is wrapped in, in leaves that are dried, and naturally it seals the farinha for a year, so even the intense humidity of the Amazon won't touch it, it will not spoil, and it's protected from the light for a year. And then it's wrapped in this incredibly beautiful um, woven almost basket uh, around the leaves. And so it's a self-contained basket with a handle on top. and. It's just this incredibly lovely little package. Um, and this Teresa art-
1: had an example of one the other exactly. night, and I saw yeah. it. It is, it is, lo- it's a, it's a, it's own little gift package. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful, and it's, all, it's small. It's only about what five inches. Tall. But uh, they have it, different variety, different, all different sizes. sizes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: It, it didn't used to be small because they make in 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 larger size, like six kilos. To pack feed a lot of people right? to feed all the time because in the Amazon they eat that farinha in all meals, in all all situations like for breakfast with fruit for lunch with fish fish uh, dinner they eat with with meat and vegetables so they eat manioc flour all the time so they had to, to have the large packaging but for us for Rio and São Paulo they start making the
3: smaller and smaller. so As sort of a gourmet item yeah. for mm-hmm. people who are really interested in artisanal. Yeah. Smaller so and smaller
1: and charging more and more. more, and
3: more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean That's exactly what's happening yeah. here in the,
1: the U.S. The, so.
2: a- the added value that we are lo- we are teaching them, that the added value is really important by t- to sell those foods mm-hmm. in a sustainable way. Mm-hmm.
1: You were asking what was the other story I wanted you to relate, and that was about the Portuguese settlers coming in.
2: Okay, yeah. W- well, then the, the indigenous made all this... The uh, thing about the manioc, then the Portuguese colonizers came, and they were wheat fed uh, um, culture. community uh, culture. Yeah. So what they tried to do is to bring their wheat and the bread, and they couldn't because wheat is never grown in Brazil up to today. Uh, we still import 80% of our, our wheat and we eat wheat every day in our breakfast. So it's a kind of a ambiguous situation, mm-hmm. very bad for sustainability. Yes. And uh, what happened is they tried to plant wheat and they, they couldn't. So they learned with the indigenous people to create this manioc flower similar to wheat. To make all sorts of uh, breads and cakes cooks and, and biscuits
1: and, and yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so. I was really impressed by how light and fluffy. It's totally gluten-free, by the <laughs> way, for those of you listening who are gluten intolerant. Yeah. The manioc flour is uh, it, it is well the tapioca flour. You could find tapioca flour in everywhere.
3: everywhere, everywhere a lot
1: yeah. of markets. Yeah. And so it is a very light um, flour.
2: Yes, and I encourage people to experiment it with it because it's really something so versatile
1: mm-hmm. it's very easy to have to just yeah. play with it mm-hmm. so the Portuguese uh, colonists came in and planted all these
2: no these they ta- to, they tried to, to bring the wheat and they couldn't but they have to colonize the country so what they did they entered the land in the forest uh, the opening the jungle <laughs> Yeah, not the jungle yeah all over the country and they the, what helped the, them to to colonize the country was actually manioc because the the, the indigenous people planted the manioc roots the manioc stem actually manioc it's propagated from right from cuttings of the stem from the cuts of the stem so they planted that all over the the way in in the jungle and then when they came back one year after they had
1: staple food waiting so for it, that it the the growth period, the maturation period, is a year. Right?
2: A year and a half. Depends on the variety, but it depends on the which place of the, of Brazil because it's grown all over Brazil, not only in the Amazon.
1: Uh-huh. Interesting. Well, we are going to learn more about that and more about your work with the sustainable movement when we come back after a short break. Ooh,
4: when, my baby, when my baby smiles at me, I go to Rio.
1: Well, it got us all dancing here in the studio. I hope it did you, too. We are in Rio, in my head, anyway. Uh, Margarita Neguera, uh, one of our guests today, is the co-founder, along with Teresa, of the Instituto Maniva. Maniva meaning the stem of the manioc, right? Yes. Okay, Which is and that's how the manioc plant is propagated. So, maniva is very, very important. Uh, uh, Margarita, tell me, what what is the mission of the Institute the instituto maniva
4: well instituto maniva, uh was founded five years ago and uh, we have three main uh, goals goals uh, agriculture that means uh, helping the small farmers together with the chefs to so that they can improve their their how, how situation or living yeah. Yes We have uh, the culture issue That we have some films already done uh, And uh, also programs with uh, children Education that we're at the TV cable In Rio de Janeiro In all over Brazil And also we have the education part The education is more what I do mm-hmm. uh I am the, the coordinator for some workshops at uh, elementary school for children between 7 years and 12, where we teach them the importance of manioc through history, geography, and at the final, uh, gastronomy. They all learn how to prepare a small crepe uh known all over Brazil that is called tapioca. With a tapioca flower, of course. That, yes. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's amazing. But you actually call the crepe tapioca. Yes. Tapio- oh. Yes. That, that's something very funny because somewhere so I don't know in India, tapioca India. means manioc. So <laughs> it's a little bit confusing. Yeah. But this little crepe is called tapioca and the children learn how to do. We also have a program with teenagers Teaching them how to cook and how to have a better and healthy uh, eating habits. Yeah, general. eating habits. Interesting.
1: It's 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 such an important yes. project. It, I mean, even in here in America, we are trying the same thing. We, you know, it's it's something that we struggle with all the times. eating. It's habits. not
2: only a question of teaching how to cook healthy mm-hmm. food, but it's also a question of teaching how to cook uh, ancient. Ancestor food, because this is related to the past, to their parents and grandparents, and this makes a
1: link, a bond between generations, which is really important. That is wonderful, yeah. I don't think we could say that we have anything in America that's indigenous to our land that is quite as important as that, that is such a, a, a broad... Uh, reaching crop. I mean, well, tomatoes are a new world, uh, but they're not.
2: Yeah, maybe because just... of the miscegenation in Brazil, the the, the population is very
3: miscegenated. Mm-hmm. I don't think in U.S. it's so much. Because oh, I think it is. It I is? I think it is, yeah. I don't think we really have a native cuisine in the same way, and I think there are some crops indigenous to the U.S., but we've done a pretty good job of sweeping them under the rug. <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, talk about wild rice. Yes. Is, isn't yeah, it, uh, wild uh, rice, absolutely. Yes. And, they're, and they are, right, and it's not, these things, like even tomatoes, aren't can't really be grown or weren't found all over the mm-hmm. country, only in certain areas. And of course, in the southern Americas, mm-hmm. not, not in the United States, States. North America, right? right, right. Yeah. Uh, so but that is
2: our main difference from other other cooking schools that we want to teach also history and this feeling, this affection. We say that food is affection, culture, and heritage.
1: And it's so wonderful to have that bond, as yeah. you say, mm-hmm. that link. Um, uh, the book... Sarah I I noticed in reading about your plans for the book mm. that uh, and this has got to be your particular area of it that you want to have a a audiovisual component or an audio component to it Yeah
3: I think one of the things that's incredibly exciting in in storytelling any kind of storytelling right now whether it's um you know filmmaking or or journalism of any kind is this ability to, um, you know, the internet has made it possible to take people places, to really bring them to where you are. And, you know, we're all, we're all members of, a, as, as you are, the International Association of Culinary Professionals, hundreds of people that write cookbooks are involved in some way in the production of sort of, um, of getting culinary knowledge out there into the world in one way or another. And, you know, print books are wonderful, and I have plenty of them. I would never say anything bad against them, but I think to have something that complements that, that um, encompasses still images and video, and also audio, taking people to places they may well never have a chance to go. Um, it's you know that we're talking about far corners of Brazil that are not on the on the radar for tourists at all, let alone for most Brazilians. Oh, yeah. um, these are, it's an enormous country and most of it is still is, is really underexplored I would say and also the video has another
2: use which is to the, to the small farmers once we made our first video it's called Manioc flower professor which is in the internet um, we sent the, the small farmer Mr. Benet we sent him the film and he never saw a film before he didn't have even a, a CD player uh, a DVD player, actually, and what happened is he bought the the thing to to watch himself in the movie, and he started using that movie as a as a, a commercial card, like a like a presentation of promote. himself. <laughs> so for them, it's really important because that's the only way that they can see themselves from the outside. They have a. And that's that was really important in our
1: project. Now the film uh, it's not translated into English. It, okay. has, it has subtitles. It oh, it does have, have subtitles, subtitles yeah. on the
3: internet. When you yeah, if you, yeah, if you it? look okay. if you, you search for Seubene vipra Itália," so. Right, so wait, how do you how do you find it on the internet? It's called Seubene, S e u b e n e vai Itália goes to Italy. Um, and it's the story of this small Farinha producer being flown to the Terra Madre festival in mm-hmm. Torino. And it's his first time out of Brazil on an airplane and, and meeting hundreds, thousands, it's thousands Seven of producers, thousand yeah. uh, small producers from all over the world, and just being completely overwhelmed. It's a beautiful film that was um, shown all over and actually was brought to the Berlin Film Festival. It's really remarkable.
1: We will get that um, internet link on our website. On our Website on our page. So if you log on to heritageradionetwork.com dot com and go to my show, a taste of the past, uh, for today's segment, uh, the Maniac Route, you will be able to find that that link to the internet. And I, we're coming to the close here, and I just I wanted to uh, to mention a, a little bit about your uh, your really your interest in in the ancient in the in preserving the historic. Uh, Stories, properties of foods A little game that you both play with kids When you're trying to break the ice And, and uh, do the education portion of, of your work And that is, you played it with us the other night Teresa took a small orange And there was a crowd, I guess we were about 30 people in the room And she just tossed it out to someone And they had to catch it And they had to talk about what If you were a food, what food would you be? Well, I toss that to you, Teresa Probably a pretty easy question Oh, yeah, that's okay. easy <laughs> Here's the orange, it's in your hands Okay,
2: I'll be a manioc I'll be a, I'll be a, a, a wild manioc <laughs> <laughs> Because I'd like to be many things at once And I'd love to feed so many people That manioc used to feed in the, in the past days And still feeds the poor people And i, I would be that
1: well, I think it's something that is very well deserved for us to learn even more about. And I thank you for sharing your knowledge all of you. Margarita Neguera, Sarah Franklin, and Teresa Carcao, thank you so much for par- sharing your time with us. And thank again, you've, thank been you. to you too. you've been listening to A Taste of the Past on HeritageRadioNetwork.com and I'm your host, Linda Palaccio.